This is exactly right. One, two, three. <laughs> See, we nailed it that time. <laughs> Welcome. To my favorite murder. This is the Minnesota. Welcome to it. You wrote to us. Yep. You told us stories. Yep. Here they are. And now we retell them. <laughs> to you. Right back at you. In your face. Every It's the same every time on this one. <laughs> same every time. Except, do you want to go first? Sure. Cool. Okay. Where's the one that says one on it? <laughs> no idea. Who could tell? Lots of twos and threes. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, Okay. <laughs> I know what I did. Okay, I won't read you the subject line. I'm still catching up on episodes, currently on episode 190. It just starts that way. There's no greeting, no nothing. We're right into the business. Please never say hello to us. Never. Just It's truly, whether you're on the street, in the future, (laughs) at a party, just walk up and start talking. No one needs the bullshit. Greetings. Stuff. That's from the Victorian era. (laughs) I am still catching up on episodes. Currently on episode 190, I laughed out loud when you said, quote, farmers don't complain. (laughs) Yes, I know you don't remember saying that. So I figured I'd send you a short first responder story. As a traveling emergency physician assistant, I was in the ER in a very rural town in Arizona. Being in and out of all kinds of ERs and urgent care clinics, I never bat an eye at the people screaming and making a big fuss. They're always fine. (laughs) (laughs) What is truly worrying is a farmer sitting quietly in the waiting room in the middle of the day. I was finishing up with the whiniest patient with an infected toe when the nurse let me know that a farmer was here with an ankle injury. He walked into the room with an injured ankle wrapped in a bandana in a boot. I examined the patient who never flinched and ordered an x-ray. He said he jumped off a fence on the farm first thing that morning and had been working on it ever since. He never once complained. I was absolutely shocked to find that his foot, ankle, and lower leg were broken in eight places. Oh, my God. And completely unstable, like shards everywhere. I have no idea how he would have put any weight on this, never mind walked in on it. Since I was in a remote little native town, I had to life flight the patient several hours away to a real hospital. I more recently had a farmer in an ER in Pennsylvania with a fucking hammer embedded in his face. He he didn't even want the lidocaine for me to suture his other wounds. I didn't end up... Other ones. I didn't end up touching this one. He went to the OR too. Farmers are scary ass motherfuckers. And so is my father. One time he nailed three of his fingers together with a nail gun. And with dirty old tetanusy wire cutters, he made me cut his fingers apart so he could drive himself to the hospital. Oh, I can't even open my eyeballs right now. I'm so I was nine. I was nine. <laughs> I was nine. Oh, my God. We forgot to call my mom when we left for the hospital, who came home to a very bloody scene. <laughs> bloody handprints on the front door, big splatters of blood all over the kitchen floor, and a potential murder weapon slash wire cutters on the counter, and was not phased in the slightest, mm-hmm. as this was our normal. She just calmly called the hospital, asked which one of us was the patient. And then made dinner. And that was the beginning of my professional career, where I am still pulling things out of people with wire cutters and other fun stuff. Stay sexy and do let your children perform minor surgery on you. 
Jay. Jay, congratulations <laughs> on the most interesting life I have ever heard. I mean, I could have, first of all, the compactness yes. of the way Jay pre- presented those stories to us. Yes. Thank you. Great stories. Just one. Yes. That was an anthology. Jay's, Jay put together an anthology for yeah. us. Thank you yeah. kindly. That and thank you amazing. for doing this good work. I would assume that if you see a farmer anywhere in the middle of the day with the farm, something's wrong. So, yes. you know what I mean? Like they don't, they're not going to like uh, take half a day off because they feel like it. No, no, that's not allowed. Unless they're at the bank. Oh, sure. Yeah. On Friday. Absolutely. They got to deposit their millions. <laughs> exactly. Um, that was great. Anthology is greatly welcome. Or like, how did you, how did you get into your weird career? Because as yes. a childhood, you had to sew someone up who yeah, didn't realize you were eight and that was going to be traumatizing. Yeah. Recap your childhood trauma uh-huh. that brought you to your, your, that made you find your future. Exactly. Made, made you know your path. Yeah. You figure it out. <laughs> we're not here. <laughs> and then tell us. <laughs> then tell us about it. Write okay. it up. Um, all right. This just starts. Hello, all. I'm trying to write this while listening to the snake story from last week and I can't finish my <laughs> breakfast. Thanks for that. Uh, I grew up in the same relatively wealthy suburb of Rochester, New York, aforementioned in your last hometown episode, which was a while back, right? Yeah. Fun fact, Rochester has a large deaf population because of the deaf college there. A couple months ago, my mother, who was profoundly deaf, was home alone sleeping in my childhood home. She woke up at 3 a.m. to uh, to the floor shaking, which she thought was thunder. She was trying to fall back to sleep when she saw her door open and a flashlight sweeping her bedroom. Behind the flashlight was a tall, shadowy figure. Instead of screaming or moving like anyone else would do, she pretended to be asleep. When the man closed the door, she went to her master bathroom and quietly texted my father, who was out of town, as she knew there was no efficient way to dial 911. Mm. Then she used the video relay 911 service, an ASL interpreter through video chat. It took two tries for her to reach an interpreter. Uh, Research shows it can take sometimes eight to nine minutes. Oh, no. Uh While she waited for the cops, she was so calm and intelligent that when my dad told her to turn on the light in the bathroom where she was hiding, she told him she couldn't because the fan would make noise, even though she herself couldn't hear it. Oh, so she didn't. She fucking knew there was a fan that would make noise that would alert everyone. Yeah. Even though she, she was she was thinking of all things uh-huh. and the people who weren't even in the house being threatened were not. Exactly. Incredible. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, after a while, not being able to hear what was going on in the house, my mom felt running on the ground and a crash coming from the other bathroom, which shared a wall with hers. We later found out that it was a burglar diving headfirst through a window. A window which, unbeknownst to him, was over a small hill on the side of the house. He fell far. In 10 minutes, the cops came and three burglars, including the now badly injured window jumper, were caught on the scene. A few days after the burglary, after talking about his trauma from that night, my dad excitedly shared with me through Zoom that he had saved, labeled, and dated some items the burglars accidentally left behind in remembrance (laughs) of this night instead of turning them in or throwing them out. (laughs) I now know why I am the way I am. (laughs) Anyways, I was so angry when I heard the news because I figured they had noticed my mom in the days before and knew she was deaf and tried to take advantage of her. This was validated when we realized that the burglar with the flashlight probably saw her because he closed her bedroom door, then rummaged through mine and my brother's old rooms, as well as the rest of the house, leaving her room alone. Well, Mm. fuck them because my deaf mom is the reason they didn't get away with it. 
<laughs> Last week, a few months after the incident, they finally caught the fourth burglar. A quick PSA, if you visit nad.org, you will see the percentage of access to text 911 emergency services per state. Only 6.6% of New York State has this service. This is not okay. We need to make texting 911 accessible to every deaf and hard of hearing individual. Stay sexy and do not fuck with deaf people, N. Uh, that's ridiculous. Yeah. I had no idea. Right. So the per- And also the person who must have jumped out the window, I'm assuming, was trying to get away from the cops. But they don't right. through glass drugs, drugs, drugs. <laughs> it's drugs. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that I mean, can you imagine having to wait eight or nine minutes to get a hold of them because they don't have the it's, correct services for your it's ridiculous. And it's I think it's a very comp from what I the little I understand is the that kind of the awareness and the services for people hearing impaired and deaf people are very it's very underserved mm-hmm. and under uh under paid attention to lacking yeah yeah let's look and it's that's it's ludicrous like everyone everyone should have access to 911 yeah. that is that that should have gone into the program when they started it totally that has to change totally. that's important um and it's stre- it may it makes me feel stressed right now I because know. that's some that's you need to know that someone understands that you need help yeah when you have nine one one and then you know in a lot of ways you're way more vulnerable so you should have you know better access than people who aren't uh deaf you know what i mean yeah yes okay this story is Creepy sounds when home alone. Uh -uh. Hi, friends. I don't know how many episodes ago this was, but after that creepy fucking bell sounded in Karen's house, (laughs) y'all asked for some scary sounds we've experienced. (laughs) We did. (laughs) I don't remember that. Just write in and tell us about scary sounds we've heard. That sounds like us. Hey. That's why we got got those emails that said lightning. (laughs) Screaming. Okay. This could have been last week or 10 weeks ago, and I wouldn't know because, like Karen said, time is becoming a serious problem. (laughs) Anyway, although I am not the person who experienced this, it still is one of my favorite family stories. When I was a teenager and my stepsister was a little kid, my older cousin lived with us for a few months. He was in his mid-20s, so he generally kept to himself. One day, my parents and I left the house and let him know that he would be home alone. This seemed peculiar to him, and it stuck in his head, especially with what happened next. A few minutes later, my cousin heard a loud crash, followed by a moment of silence, and then a child's voice. Mm -mm. It said, Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Supposedly, my cousin was hauling ass out of the house in my parents' very suburban neighborhood, thinking that a portal to demonic children hell had just opened. I don't know about y'all, but children monotonously reciting religious things is one of the most cultish activities I can imagine. Uh In reality, my mom's shutting the front door had barely dislodged a shelf in my stepsister's room. Minutes later, it fell and struck the foot of a stuffed animal that recited that prayer. (laughs) What are the fucking chances that there happened to be someone there to hear it and lose their shit? Christian Rube Goldberg machine to fuck with this 20 year old. Um, okay, wait. Uh, because the shelf was still on it, the prayer was still playing when we finally returned oh. and inspected it for my cousin, who was still too scared to return to the house. Yes. We all tease him now, but fully admit that we probably would have shit ourselves had we been home alone like him. 
Thank you all for what you do. You have helped me stay grounded the last few months as I am currently writing this during finals week of my first semester of law school in the middle of the pandemic. Georgia said that your 20s are for finding yourself, your 30s are for achieving that, and your 40s are for living it. I'm approaching 30 and returning to school and have lived by these words since I've heard since I've heard them. Thank you both for being such an inspiration to so many. Your work is truly important. Best M. Aw, that's so nice. That's nice. I'd also like to say that uh, like a random shelf randomly falling from a door closing and landing on a fucking children children's prayer sounds pretty haunted to me. That's not a... It either sounds haunted or that's the Lord working in that 20-year-old young man's uh, life where he clearly was supposed to join the seminary uh, and... Uh, but I'm a Jew. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> Jewish representation in these stories, can please, please, Karen. Can we not please always for once? assume that they're your people? I assume Christianity. Okay. Uh, let's see here. All right. This is called Classic Dad Revealed Hometown. Mm. Hey, y'all. Love <laughs> you to death. Let's get to it. Uh, Recently, I got to see my dad for the first time since last Christmas. With three negative COVID tests between us, it's the first time it's been safe, quote, enough, and it meant the entire world to me. Sitting over a pint of Guinness with breakfast. Nice. (laughs) Then it said, because the world is ending, so fuck it. (laughs) He inquired about you, too. He introduced me to the podcast over two years ago on a road trip after one of his colleagues told him about you. And while I kept listening after the trip, he prefers to wait until we're together. Oh, after my usual gushing and telling him I wrote in about my new town's murder at the Serpentarium Serpentarium Serpentarium. Is that a snake house? Sounds like it. Uh, okay. Or a cool bar. That's right. He asked if I'd ever written about Pearl Bryan. I asked him what the fuck he was talking about. And I realized I was having my moment. Finally. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so here goes. Pearl Bryan, born in my hometown of Greencastle, Indiana in 1872, was a sweet and loving 20 year old. And then it says, quote, socialite when she was murdered by her asshole dentist boyfriend. Then it says, I don't really know how you can be a socialite in the middle of the cornfields I grew up in. But there you go. So the story goes that when Scott Jackson swept through town, the two immediately fell in love. After she got pregnant, she begged him to stay and marry her so they could start a family. Jackson, however, was an aspiring dentist and didn't want a family to get in the way. You know mm-hmm. how when you're... Yeah, because you need to be free as a dentist. Right. You need to just be stay up late at night. Right. Can all that baggage of a wife who loves you and a child who looks up to you. Yeah, no, that's not the dentist's way. No, that's not. They're lone wolves. That's right. Before there were rock stars, there were dentists, (laughs) Rolling Stones. So we left town, leaving instructions and writing continued letters to Pearl, instructing her on how to terminate the pregnancy. After months of refusing, he lured her to his dental college in Cincinnati, Ohio, on the false pretense of a wedding. She was last seen at a restaurant with Jackson and his roommate, threatening to go back home and tell her family about the pregnancy. Her headless body was found a few days later by a farmhand in Fort Thomas, Kentucky. The details from then on became a mess of cross-jurisdictional legality and shoddy 1800s journalism. Suffice to say, the two men were hung for her murder in 1897, and they never revealed the location of the head. 
There are a million tiny, amazing details about this case, like the fact that her shoe was used to track down her hometown and provide identification when no one could identify the body, or that her story uh, helped fuel the satanic panic because of rumors that her head was used for devil worship at Bobby McKee's in Kentucky. But this is already incredibly long. We finished the meal with my dad adding, oh, and there was that love triangle murder that shut down the only two good restaurants in town like a month before we moved there, too. <laughs> but that's a whole nother story for a whole nother email. Love forever. Stay sexy and never date a, quote, aspiring dentist, Mads. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Great advice, Mads. That's right. You know what, Mads? Here's what I would like you to do. Tell your dads. To write in that email where of the second story, yeah. I want to hear the love trial, love love triangle murders. Me too. And the re- I want to hear about the restaurants too. Restaurant, we yeah, we definitely want to know what the appetizers at those restaurants were, <laughs> how much which they ones cost. were better, yeah. what the charcuterie board looked like, <laughs> and then of course go on to the horror, the horror of the murder. That's right. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant, like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could, as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant-quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound... 
means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. Okay. I'm going to have to read you this title, but I'm mad that I have to say these words. Okay. I was today years old when I learned that I worked at the site of America's first recorded murder. (laughs) Are you mad? (laughs) They made me say I was today years old. A thing that needs to stop being said. Karen. Yesterday. I can't believe you said that. Are you on Reddit? I know. Are you Reddit? Redditing right now? This is my new thing. This is my new personality. (laughs) Being young and saying what everybody else says on Twitter. Now, now that I've been mean about this person's title, okay. <laughs> here we go. And this is how it starts. You're my favorites. Okay, Aww. let's get started. <laughs> oh, not anymore. <clears throat> in the middle of er, in the middle early aughts, I was in my late early twenties and recently moved to New York City to work at a makeup store on Spring Street in Soho. Oh. The retail space was impressive in and of itself. But what was not visible to shoppers, but accessible to employees was a labyrinth of rooms throughout the lower level below. Okay, let me just say this. I shout on you for your subject line, which was, I was today years old. Mm-hmm. That was one of the best opening paragraphs I've read so far. Yeah, it was Beautifully solid. put together. Solid. Really nice, really nice stuff going on. <laughs> my full apologies and my humblest, sincerest. <laughs> Uh, some rooms were finished to be a break room there was an office for higher ups and a storage space for corporate but there were other unfinished rooms clearly from yesteryear that gave me the downright creeps one one room with an ash floor contained a huge iron furnace that looked straight out of nightmare on elm street (laughs) which is hilarious because i just watched nightmare on elm street part two last night oh no don't do that 1985 baby But the room that gave me the chills, literally, we unanimously referred to as the cold room. Oh, no. Most of us working in the store did not need to access the cold room as it was out of the way, mostly used for storage, and was a mess of old display units and makeup supplies. I, however, as one of the key holders to the store, ooh, oh. would, more than, would more than occasionally go to the cold room to get something or lock up at night. I never saw anything, but there was always a strange and palpable energy in the room, and you guessed it, the room was always freezing. It could be the hottest, why did I even shower a miserable day of New York summer, and this room would be icy, goosebump, ghostly cold. I had heard stories of how Spring Street was built on or near an actual spring, but never thought to research it until now. As it turns out, if we press rewind, going back to our nation's infancy. (laughs) (laughs) 
she actually oh. sent us her term paper? I, don't I mean, I the apology I owe this person <laughs> is giganto, as it turns out. If we press rewind, going back to our nation's infancy, before Soho was the land of trendy loft spaces and commercial extravaganza, where... <laughs> Where I worked was once a marshy place called Lispensard's Meadows. There's no way. No. Lispenard's Lispenard's Meadows and the location of the first recorded murder in the United States. We're going to we're going to fall back. We're going to go back to our old ways right now. The interwebs tell us that (laughs) (laughs) Karen has a love hate relationship with this letter. (laughs) No, no, it's it's ninety nine point eight percent love. Here's the thing that I will tell this letter writer. You don't need to do things like interwebs. And I was today years old when you're so genius with everything else you're doing in here. Shun the trends of language of today. It will only sink you. Totes. And (laughs) now we're back. The interwebs tell us that approaching Christmas 1799, the lifeless body of Elma Sands was recovered from a well located on Lispinard's Meadows near the current day intersection of Spring and Green Streets. Levi Weeks, a young carpenter who was reportedly courting Miss Sands at the time, was accused of the murder, which went to trial the following year. Through his family connections, Weeks retained none other than Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Burr as his defense attorney. <laughs> Those, guys were buds? Those guys had a lot, a lot, a lot drama TV show where they were. Wait a second. This email was written by Lynn Manuel Miranda. <laughs> <laughs> Famously, Weeks was acquitted after only five minutes of jury deliberation. <sighs> The case became known as the Manhattan Well Murder, and it is on the books as the first murder in our country containing a recorded transcript. Over the years, there have been reports of eerie occurrences in the area. Some say the ghost of Elma appears in wet clothing. Ooh. Me? I'm hooraying that I finally have something to write to you fine folks about and that the energy of the cold cold room did not live in my lone imagination. Mm. So... That's all I got for now. I'd like to thank you for bringing laughter, storytelling, and the beautiful honesty of your work into my home during this doozy of a year. <laughs> Remember to trust yourself and that your body knows things that your mind is unconscious. <laughs> oh no, you lost Karen. You're just no, no. I'm, ba- I'm back entirely. <laughs> this that was a beautiful sentence. Remember, this is what is truer. Remember to trust yourself and that your body knows things your mind is unconscious of. Stay safe and make. Maybe don't accept a job to unknowingly work on a historic murder site. Mm. Fondly, Scott. P.S. The well still exists and you can visit it. (gasps) Creepy. Okay, Scott, please don't stop being my friend. (laughs) I was mean about the about the trendy language, but that was a beautifully written hometown. I was very worried about how long it was. And that thing clipped right along because you're a great writer. I love that about New York. where like the city where like when you are you're in a, like a fancy new restaurant and then you go to the use the restrooms which like because everything's so old it's like down these tiny stairs and suddenly yes. you're in the 1800s yes it doesn't matter how nice the restaurant is they have like terrible access to bathrooms at every fucking location you're at and it's creepy and celery and celery it's like a cellar <laughs> it's, it's cellar filled with celery <laughs> right. it smells of celery um also like the room he described 
described the Nightmare on Elm Street room uh-huh. where it's like the floor is ash that, and there's what? a gigantic old furnace because like yeah of course they're they're not gonna just like go in and crane lift a huge right. furnace out of there right they just leave everything where it is and then things are Ooh. built on top of it I bet there's so many like basements and attics to go through and oh for real God. I mean damn it. Tra- the Treasure of New York. Treasure. Perhaps Scott would write a book called The Treasure of New York. Truly the Treasure of New York. Truly Treasure. Truly Treasure. New York style. <laughs> okay. My last one uh, is called Black Mold Story. Speaking of mm. rooms that are too cold. Okay. Hi, best friends who don't actually know me. Hi. Hi. I heard Georgia mention black mold on a Minnesota and wanted to send in my family story. The first house I ever lived in was in Hancock Park, about three blocks from Larchmont Village in L.A. What's up, Richie? Hey. Richie Rich. Yeah. <laughs> so that's like... <laughs> Must be nice. Everyone, that's, those are like gorgeous old Victorian mid-century-ish mansions. It's... They're Who's enormous. your dad? Did he direct friends? <laughs> well, Just tell us. <laughs> well, check this out. Um, oh. I wrote in about how haunted that house was as well. Well, we didn't see it. When I was two, I started to get extremely sick. I started to cough uncontrollably all the time. I was weak. I looked like I had cancer and no doctor could figure out what was wrong with me. I wasn't the only one to experience issues. My mom would get bronchitis all the time. She was head of casting at Paramount at the time. There you go. So so missing work was not an option. My sister kept getting uh, nosebleeds and my dad started having memory issues. We only found out about the mold when the bathroom ceiling collapsed and black water started pouring out. Ew. Yeah. That's bad. (laughs) It says casual. I know. (laughs) Casual. (laughs) Turns out our house was completely infested with black mold. I was and am extremely allergic, which is why I got the worst of it. Mm -hmm. We ended up having to literally burn all of our possessions. But be- really? Uh-huh. But before that, our insurance company, who knew about the mold the whole time, tried to tell us that the house was safe to move back into after the bathroom was fixed. What? Had the contractor not called my dad and told him in Hebrew not to come back, I might not be around today. <laughs> Wait, why in Hebrew? Because they probably what? were both uh, Israeli or, he- or and so it was like, hey, brother, like, what's up? Oh, oh, don't move listen. Back in. Yeah. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm going to level with you in our native tongue. Yeah. Because we're brothers, so I need to tell you this. Don't listen Mm. to insurance. Safe to say insurance companies are assholes. Hmm. After the whole fiasco and three rental homes later, we moved into a wonderful home in Los Feliz, right down the street from the LaBianca house. Ooh. Thank you for being my comfort during Zoom Law School. I'm hoping to be a public defender because this legal system only benefits the fortunate few. Stay sexy and don't trust insurance companies. Katrina. Katrina had to burn all their possessions because black mold gets on every it's it it's and it's terrible yeah it's terrible for human beings toxic very bad oh I just want to see that crazy I want to see the fucking ceiling collapse of black water pouring out do you know that 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 happened at my aunt Jean's house where we spent much of our time Mm -hmm. it was there were these there in I think it was like 1978 there were these really bad floods in Petaluma that it never stopped raining it was like November-ish and it was the final episode of MASH so we were all at my in the living room 
of my aunt Jean's house yeah. in the TV room and the um like the living room let's call it that that was the living room the front room yeah, yeah. no one ever went out there unless there was like a party and all the adults would go there right. but like the TV room is where everybody actually hung out. Yeah. So every both families were in the TV room watching MASH and it like the reception got worse and worse because it was storming so bad yeah. outside and we lived out in the country. So everything was on an antenna and we're like as we're watching this thing. Uh, all of a sudden we hear this cracking sound and then the ceiling in the living room just collapses oh in <laughs> like like probably a six or seven foot like circumference hole with water like pouring yep. through oh my because God. there was like holes at my i guess my aunt's roof was leaking yeah. and stuff. but it was like totally soaked insulation oh. it was the craziest it was yeah it was amazing but i don't i think it was like more like green mold yeah but when yeah but when you when you have a lot of when you live in somewhere with a lot of floods that's when the mold happens so check you guys if you move into a new place and you start getting acne or some weird symptoms uh, knock down your your drywall and <laughs> see what's in there. Get your for first of all, get your contractor's license. Yeah, then yeah, yeah. Get a big get old, one of those laser compass things. Right, a those laser balance. Cool. Those look rad. Those are um, those are very. Send cool. us all your fucked up disaster house stories or whatever else you feel like at my. Yeah, we want to and whatever you want, do it, send it. We want to hear about it. <laughs> That's right. We'll definitely insult you at least one po- at one point. That's part of it. That's right. It's part of being in it. Yeah, thanks. Um, for, but we thanks love you. For, yeah, thanks for sticking around despite that. <laughs> we love you. And because of it. Some people come because of it. That's true. Not everybody doesn't like it. That's true. Um, stay sexy. <laughs> and don't get murdered. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Elvis, do you want a cookie?